0: This is Ryan Archidak, and I'll shout out to the Bulls HQ podcast. All the way from Australia, we represent, and thanks for all the support.
1: Fans. Welcome to Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Eye Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the show and thank you for your patience whilst I was away for a couple of weeks there. Um, let me just say that after you get your tonsils taken out, whilst they are the copious amounts of ice cream you are Basically, just living in is is quite good. The, uh, the soreness at the back of your head isn't ideal, which makes speaking very difficult, which makes podcasting very difficult. Hence, the lack of shows over the over the last couple of weeks. But uh, we are back now, hopefully, to a routine schedule at least for a week or two, maybe until my first child is born, which is happening in a, f- a few weeks' time. Which I'm sure we'll, thre- uh, we'll send my entire life into a tailspin, and I, I don't know what my recording schedule will be like post that, but uh, we'll wait and see. So um, whilst it has been a hectic time for me over the last few weeks, and whilst it most likely will definitely be a hectic time for me over the coming weeks, ironically, the same is can be said about our Chicago Bulls as we just saw in the most recent game against the Miami Heat. I mean, look at that first half. It, it Couldn't have gone any worse. Couldn't have been any worse. And then somehow, some way, they found a way to come back and played a fantastic second half to the point where they almost stole that game against the Heat. Uh, And I mean, that's that's how the Bulls played as a team. But I thought Kobe White, he kind of was emblematic of that. Like he struggled in that first half. But without him in the second half, the Bulls had no chance of even getting back into that game against the Heat. So... On the show today, I really wanted to talk about Kobe because in a lot of ways he's one of the few interesting storylines that remain for this team in what he's shaping up to be unfortunately another wasteful season, one with, you know, just too many missed opportunities. So Kobe's a player that everyone in the fan base has an opinion on, one I certainly have an opinion on. Whether you love or hate his game, his performance against the Heat really represented the pros and cons of all arguments from both sides. So I thought it'd be just I thought it'd be interesting to have an expanded conversation on Kobe. White rather than just talking about the same old things related to our Chicago Bulls and who better to have a conversation on all things Kobe than someone who probably knows the Bulls guard better than anyone else on this planet so uh let's welcome in Will White brother of Kobe White onto Bulls HQ. Will how are you mate? I'm good how are you doing? I'm well mate I'm, I'm doing I'm doing good I thought uh you know at, at the half of this game where the Bulls were down 20 points that's um you know my Sunday afternoon I'm recording this at this at that time I thought you know, it'd be a tough, a tough way to, for me to end my weekend. But then they came back and, and made a game of it in that second half and, and played pretty damn well. And and a lot of that was driven by your brother Kobe, who had a, a fantastic second half after really struggling in that first half. So uh, maybe we can start there, mate. What what did you see from that game, the Bulls game, more more generally, and then then we can hone in on Kobe and what you saw from him today. Uh,
0: so first thing I I noticed was my uh, Miami Heat Heat switch one through five. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the teams that, uh, the Bulls go against that switch, play a switching man to man defense. Um, they struggle with that. Uh, we can go back as early as the, the Houston Rockets preseason game. Uh, the first game that they played at home where they struggled where Houston was switching one through five. And then, um, San Antonio did it to them when they played at San Antonio. Um, they struggled with the switching. And then at night in the first half, they, they struggled with that. Um, and I think that attributed to to the struggles on offense, defensively wise, uh they just struggled containing er, containing Duncan Robinson early. He I think yeah. he had four four threes in the first quarter. Yeah, something like that. It felt like twenty million, but uh, it may have only been four. But yeah. yeah, and then I think that they made it, I think they made adjustments um, in the second half to where. They would try to get the ball in the post and then they would bring that other post player up to the, uh, elbow, ball side elbow so they could get a high low, which, um, helped create a better entry pass without as many defenders in the, in the paint when the guards was trying to enter the, uh, enter the ball in, uh, post. And mm-hmm. then they, they actually played some really good defensive possessions, um, from start to finish. And I, I think in the, in the, in the second
1: half, uh,
0: Offensively, they had some indie positions, and I think that's where ultimately lost them the game.
1: Yeah, I think you're definitely right about the defense sort of picking up in that second half, and that sort of enabled them to get into a bit more transition offense and not necessarily get burdened down in that half court where the Heat could sort of switch everything and really take, take the Bulls to task like they did in that first half. So the fact that they turned it up on defense sort of fueled their offense, and, you know, lo and behold, guys like Kobe, Denzel, a few others sort of stepped up and started getting the offense humming along, and... Yeah, it's it's interesting how they can pull that out like for one half, and then you know go missing, you know for one half as well. Do you, I mean, what what do you put that down to? Like, is that just uh, is that is that the preparedness of the team? Is that just the heat just being on one in that first half, and maybe you know easing up in the second half? Like from a from your standpoint, like how do you view that? I guess
0: I think it's a mixture of both, honestly. Um, the Bulls have been up and down all year, right? Yeah. So they play good and they, you know, um, they come out good and they play good and then they have stretches where they, they just they, they don't they don't look good. They look terrible almost. Um, in my opinion. The Heat also lost the night before to the Hawks. So they, you know, um them as an organization, as a team with Jimmy Butler as their leader, you know, he, he wasn't gonna let them uh come out flat. Um and then I think the Bulls kind of got back to their, their DNA, which was the last five games of their, uh, them guarding these last five games in a sense, especially when they guarded, uh, you know, the Cavs the first game and the Hornets this this past game. And I think yeah. you you kind of saw a balance out. Also, mm-hmm. also, the Heat have, have been struggling. Uh, they're kind of like Jekyll and Hyde this year um, yeah. in terms of their play. So, uh, and you kind of saw that with them as well when they had some True. really yeah. high moments and then in the second half they had some really low moments because, uh, Specifically, the eight-second violation that they had.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a perfect example. I mean, that that wasn't very heat esque, and particularly like you compare with how they were playing in that first half. And yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, like the there was a tale of two two halves for both teams, and um, yeah, it was an interesting game. Uh, I won't um, harp on too much about about that Denzel Valentine three. Um, I'm, I'm a lot of Bulls fans at the moment are not very happy about it, but I, I guess it's. You know, if we want to take the optimist view, the fact that they were able to get in back in the game and where we can actually get disappointed about a look like that being uh, thrown up there, then um, I guess that's more positive than getting blown out. Let's say um, at least that's the uh, the optimistic view. I'm tr- I'm trying to t- to uh, spin on this particular game, but um, look, I don't necessarily want to talk about the team more generally because that's that's what I do on here every other time, and uh, you know, I- I'd rather focus in on Kobe because. You know, to be fair, like I said at the top, like I've had enough about talking about the same things over and over. Kobe is one of the more interesting players on this team. He's one of the more interesting storylines on this team. Um, and given that you were on the show, I, like it just makes sense, obviously, to, to hone into Kobe and just doing a bit of a deeper dive on his on his career to this point, I guess, in Chicago. Given that we're, we're approaching almost the end of his sophomore season, but um, I guess you and I, you know, at least for clarity's. For the listeners here, or context for the listeners, you and I have sort of been um, going back and forth, or exchanging thoughts on Twitter, at least via DMs and those sorts of things. We we agree on some things, we disagree on some things. Obviously, I'm more than happy to to table all of those things today. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just interested to hear from your perspective because I I guess I am a critic of Kobe at times. He, you know, he most definitely does things well on the court. He most definitely brings something to this team that so few can. But at the same time. You know, I I am quick to to bring up the flaws, let's say, or to point those out, and maybe I'm a little bit unfair in that sense. So I'm, I'm most certainly happy to hear or to see, yeah, to hear a balanced view of it, let's say. So, um, yeah, I want to dive in deeply on Kobe, and we can talk about Kobe as a basketball player more generally. But I think before we even get there, uh, you know, given given your relationship with Kobe, maybe you can just sort of give us a, an idea of who kobe is as a person like let my listeners know like bulls fans know more generally like, like who is kobe i guess because um you know we can talk about kobe the basketball all day but like tell us a little bit about the guy the man as a as a brother as a as a son those sorts of things like who is this guy kobe is a introvert by nature okay um
0: yeah. he's he was an introvert really until he went to to unc university north carolina they kind of helped him bring out it, come out his shell. Um, hardworking, mm-hmm. family, family person, uh, real, extremely hard worker, uh, come, that kind of just runs in our family. Um, fam, like I said, family person, uh, just a, a go- like once you get to know him, he's really goofy, a goofy <laughs> kid. He's a kid, like, just yeah. a, a kid, goofy kid, likes to play and have fun uh I should get to know him I always has a smile on his face and he's a very very loyal person
1: yeah now look I I had a sense of that let's say from my vantage point as as let's say like from a secondary perspective from a fan point of view like you see glimpses of that. Like I, I can just go back to the night he was drafting where he was doing his post-game, post, post game, uh, not post-game, but post-draft. After the Bulls had, had drafted him, he was doing these interviews, his round of interviews. And at that time when, you know, Cam Johnson got drafted, it's like you saw who, you saw a glimpse of who Kobe was as a person, let's say, but you've also seen you know, Kobe is a person based on you know the the, the messages that he stands for like a, a lot of the get a lot of these games he's sort of walking into arenas with a message branded ac- across his chest type thing he clearly sounds like a kid that sort of stands for the right things but um I guess from a fan point of view like we, we often just think about these guys as an on-court product well you know what they do from a Chicago Bulls basketball playing point of view but it's also it's always interesting to to I guess just try to understand who these guys are I guess is my point yeah, like, so
0: my my perspective on, on, on that is everybody's human. So, like, you know, and I think that he's, he's like I told you, he's an introvert. So that's a way of him expressing himself with, you yeah. know, the messages and the things that he really cares about. And that was just the idea that uh, my sister and him had. And I think it, it's been really cool for them. Um, I think, like you said, that also shows the type of person he is. And, and it shows the things that matter to him um, without him necessarily going out here and and talking about it like some of the older the older guys in the in the, the league like a Chris Paul or Donovan Mitchell or even a Garrett Temple
1: yeah for sure and look it clearly stands for the right things and you know However, he's comfortable expressing that, then that's how he should be comfortable doing so, I suppose. But it, it is interesting to hear that he is an introvert as a person because when you think about Kobe as maybe a ball player, let's say, like he, his game and his style isn't very introverted at all. Like, I mean, even his look isn't super introverted as well. Like he coming into the, coming into. Uh, a rookie, I suppose, with, with with the hair and those sorts of things, the way he played, the the way he sort of expresses himself on the basketball court, like, it is kind of interesting to hear that he is an introvert, introvert as a person, but then as a, as a basketball player, like, he just seems like this super confident kid that, like, as we saw in his rookie season, just came out and just started shooting, didn't care about, you know, the fact that he was a rookie type thing. He was just going out there and just trying to make baskets, trying to do what he does. So it is interesting that you sort of say that. Yeah. So I know a lot of guys that have like an alter
0: ego on the court. And off the court yeah, okay. they're they're two totally different um people. One 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 person and the UNC fans may get mad at me for saying this one person I believe that is like that is Grayson Allen. Like okay. I, I got a chance to meet him uh in LA. He my brother worked out at D Wave's the D Way invitational before his rookie year. Yeah. He was out yeah. there and off the court he's a he's like chill, laid back, cool dude. And on the court everybody just remembers him for all the incidents of tripping people. So I think that Colin Sexton is also like that as well. Like uh, I follow basketball. So like Colin kind of was known for like, like hyping himself up during the games and having this like really, really like rugged mentality on the court that was just going to come at you. And off the court, he's a family, a family guy. He comes from a great family. I met his people and um, like a real,
1: real nice guy so like yeah. I think I think it's a quite a few guys out there like that yeah I'm, I'm sure there is and, uh, that insights um uh, you know I appreciate it it's it's good to know that sort of stuff um because like I said like from a France point of view like we don't necessarily get to see that human element of these guys we only see them as basketball players but uh you know to hear that sort of stuff it, it is kind of cool but um obviously I want to talk about Kobe as a player because that's You know, that's what I see, let's say, but um, nonetheless, it is is fascinating to get your insight as to Kobe, the person. Um, But I also want to get your insight on Kobe as the ball player, because you and I maybe see things differently. And I'm sure there's, you know, you've seen every game that Kobe's played, like you have seen more of Kobe than I have. I think that's that's pretty clear. And like I said from the top, whilst I can be critical of Kobe and I think I'm fair when I am, maybe maybe you disagree on that, but I think I'm being fair. But um, obviously, we, we share differing views on things. So let's talk about Kobe, the player, and maybe we can address that, the criticism first, because I mean, from, from your vantage point, like when someone like me, you know, Talks about Kobe's defense, or you know his his playmaking, or whatever it may be. Like, what is it that you see from my criticism or other critics that maybe we are missing? That that obviously you see. What let's address that first. How how do you how do you approach that? Or, or you know, that when I label some criticism on Kobe, or put something on him, and maybe I'm not seeing something that you are. Like, how can I go about seeing what you what it is you see? So for me, like obviously, like you you said, I've watched
0: him play. Yeah. I also. Coached and played and like so. now I'm watching the games. I'm I'm watching like more so, I guess, from a coaching lens, and then maybe a fan, and then maybe a brother. If that makes sense. Okay. I look at like where he started from last year to where he came this year, and certain aspects to where like okay, he it, he does still get hit on screens, white like ball screens. Like he got hit on a couple tonight at the beginning. Yeah, But then yeah. it's also, but then you got to realize, like, I feel like the steps that he's made, like he's made, if you go and look, he's made pro- progression and, and, and different things. And I think most people are, are like really stat driven and, and I'm, I understand the stats to a certain extent, but I, I, I'm i like an eye test person. So I, I just look at yeah. it, like, okay, we, we t- you talked about, it may be like a big screen thing, like he's not getting hit with as many screens as he was at the beginning. And like, I feel like in this little five game stretch, even before that, when he came off the bench, I thought his defense had, his defense had been much better than it was the first 10, 15 games of the season. Um, So I look at things like that. I think most people look at stuff that's in the moment, like that particular game or that, Mm -hmm. or or a particular play that stands out. And I just look at overall progression um, because, He's came a long, long way on defense, in my opinion, and I think that uh he's a, he wants it's not like he doesn't want to guard. It'd be different if he was just like a, a dud a, a, a turd or a dud on defense that just <laughs> couldn't defend like didn't want to defend. You got guys like yeah. him that just want to play offense and they don't care about defending. Um, I don't think that's the case, and I think he's just learning like and mm-hmm. um because the defense is, was totally different at Carolina, they the system.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the defense is different this year for the Bulls than it was last season. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: like, as a as a young player, I think he's just learning. So, I just I look at it from that point of view. And then if we talked about the turnovers, tonight was rough in the first half. Like, I'll be the first to admit he had four turnovers in the first half, and then he had two yeah. in the game, two two the rest of the way. There's no no way around it. You can't sugarcoat, you know, the turnovers. I would say that that was the first time, I think, that he saw a team blitz him off a ball screen like that. And I, that was, the only, I think, they're the only team that de- did that this year. Um, I think that caught him by surprise, but that's not an excuse. So like, I mean, he'll 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 get better from it. He know how to handle it now uh, going forward. And I also think, like I said, the switching defenses messes them up, and I think that kind of that kind of threw him off. But it'd be different. It, some of his ball handling, like at the beginning of the year, it was like him coming off the screen and him um, losing the ball in traffic. Which which means you should tighten up your handle. And I think he's worked on that. Now it's just like making stronger passes and read and making stronger passes and and everybody wants to get on him about uh like missing Reeves. Like, as a player you're gonna miss reads. Like he's he's like a twenty one year old person and and you, you running you running plays and you gotta get boots. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta get a whole bunch of people involved. And like like you said, we everybody's human. And you're gonna like you're gonna mess up. Like it's no way, no ifs ands, and buts about it. Like some, I th- I just feel like sometimes fans want these guys to go out here and play perfect games, and then if they don't play a perfect game, the whole world sees it. Not just my brother, but the but like everybody in general, the whole world sees it. And yeah. most of us have a job, and if we mess up in our job, or our everyday job, the only person that's that knows about it is us or our boss or a coworker not the whole world. And I think that sometimes we don't as as fans, like I'm guilty of it,
1: and and watching other people play and like being critical of other people. We don't see it that way. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. And like in a rational moment, like we are like I like you've caught me now, let's say, the post game when I've, I've allowed this game to digest, I'm not necessarily thinking too much about this game anymore. Like I 100% completely agree with everything you just said in terms of just, you know, more generally how we think about players, how we think about basketball and those sorts of things. It's just, I guess, interesting from my point of view, like being a more of a, a fan of the team, let's say, and, and just thinking about things more through the prism of the bulls, let's so let so an individual player. I, I guess that's where there is that divergence between someone like yourself, let's say, or and then someone like me. But I certainly take your point that, you know, like someone like me, for example, I, you know, maybe I see a bad position where you know, Kobe dies on a screen, let's say, gets hit on a screen, and then there, there was a play today against the Heat where really good coaching by Sapulstra. He knows the balls are dropping in defense, at least with the center. He's, you know, he's he's having band play out high, setting big, tasty screens, and it's kind of leaving someone like Kobe on an island, Like particularly when you're running like pin downs and, you know, screen action for someone like Duncan Robinson, and then, you know, someone like Kobe gets hit on the screen. There's no one there to help. In goes that Robinson 3 that we're talking about before. Like, that's tough. And maybe I, as a fan, maybe harp on that point too much. So I I certainly take your point on that. And I guess I I certainly take your point as well on the fact that someone like Kobe, like I never question his, his intent or his ability to work hard or anything like that. And I think you do make a fair point in the sense that he isn't someone out there that's just trying to play one side of the basketball court. He isn't someone that doesn't necessarily... Isn't aware of his, you know, his limitations. Let's say he he seems and comes across as someone that you know wants to work on that stuff. So I think that if anyone's putting that on him, then that that would be an incorrect take. I think from from my point of view. But um, yeah, I, look, I, I certainly take your point. But I guess like where I'm coming from, and, and maybe the things I'm thinking about, someone like Kobe, I guess it's just more holistically like how does he fit onto the Bulls, and how does his play style fit on the balls and, and all that sort of thing. So, that's how I look at it. That's how I sort of analyze the situation. And maybe, you know, fans like myself are quick to critique someone like Kobe because, you know, before Kobe came, like, we've been through years and years of sort of rough Bulls basketball and maybe we are just um, not so patient anymore and we, we just want to see things sped up to a degree. So, I guess, um, like, from Kobe's standpoint, like, do you think long-term – someone like Kobe who needs that development, who needs that opportunity to sort of learn from his mistakes and learn from experiences on the court sort of makes sense on a team like the Bulls where it kind of feels like this team is trying to win now, in particular after trading for Vucevic type of thing. Like, do you think they can develop and win at the same time? Is that is that something that's possible? And in particular, something that's possible with someone like Kobe? That's, uh,
0: uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, no, right? Uh, just being upfront and honest, I think that, it really just depends on the mindset. Like I, I'm not obviously I talked to my brother, but I'm not in the end. But the yeah, yeah, with the with the you know the front office. Um, I think we saw we've seen development with him already this year. As far as like, all right, he came out and he had some good games at the beginning of the year. Like people forget about the the 16 and 10 against against the Wizards at the beginning of the year when they won. People forget about. The thirteen assists they lost against the, the the Clippers. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But he had thirteen assists. People forget yeah. about uh, the twenty six and ten um, against like I want to say the the Blazers. The Blazers. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah, you know they forget about stuff like that. And then you know he gets, he gets put to the bench and he he has up and down games. And now like he's back in the starting lineup. And they they're three and three. We're at five hundred without Zach. And I think that's that's a when I'm when I'm going with this is that's development, right? Like he obviously has highs and lows, but you know he, I felt like he was ready. He was ready for the moment, and and if you can't be ready for the moment, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do off the court when nobody's looking, whether it be watching film or whether it be in the gym working on the stuff that you need to work on, so when your numbers call, you can go out there and you can step in and you can be ready to produce. I think that with the my opinion with the a full off season. Uh, actually a full off season where you can actually get in the gym and you now now you know what uh what the front office and Billy want from you what you want what they want you to work on you get a full training camp with them, I think that uh it'll be better for my brother's development going forward. I think that he's a quick learner he's he's had two totally different roles from this year to last year, and mm-hmm. if anybody would have said that you know he would have been starting right now and just had thirty one points against the heat or, you know, whatever the case may be, like, I, I don't know if, you know, I would have I said, yeah, I agree with you. This is where he would have been at with the just the different just the different things that have, have happened from year one to year two. But I think that, you know, I think that he can get there, and I think that he, he can. It just depends on, like, what the Bulls want to do. I think he is somebody that could be long-term because you don't necessarily have to run a play for him. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to still score and be effective. On the offensive mm-hmm. end, and I think that he's going to get better and better at uh, getting the ball where he needs to be as a as a point guard or a lead guard. And I think he's going to continue to develop on the defensive end. So, I, and and I, one thing about him, he's gonna he's gonna work. He's gonna put in the time and the work and the effort, and he he actually cares about about winning, like
1: just the team winning and having success. No, for sure. And, and look, I, I I wanted to talk about that role, like what what is Kobe's rest role, how it all fits and all that sort of stuff. Because I mean, to answer my own question that I sort of posed to you there, like I think there is a role for Kobe on this specific team, let's say, but maybe it's not the, the best role for him long term. And, and I guess what I'm getting at is like to me, in my eyes, like I see Kobe as that perfect option as someone that you can sort of bring off the bench probably more so as a two guard, but just just a general creator off the bench who can come in and torch teams and go off like he sort of did in that second half. And when he's kind of more off ball, catching and shooting, doing those sorts of things and, and he's less reliant or the team is less reliant on him being the lead creator, let's say, then I think he can have a really serviceable role for this team, but like just more generally for any team. Like he'll have a long career doing that in the NBA, I guess is my point. Like if he can be the Jordan Clarkson of the Bulls, let's say, like there's clearly a role for him here uh, in, in Chicago, but there's, you know, even that role more generally, like clearly that's a valuable role. So I guess we don't know what. Kobe's career will be but based on what we've sort of seen this season where the Bulls have tried to make him or mold him more into that lead creator point guard type guy versus maybe last season where he was sort of more off ball maybe coming off the bench is more of a a microwave scorer type like what what do you see or what do you think is the more instinctive natural role or preferable role for someone like Kobe going forward? If you look at the NBA right now it's a lot of
0: people and you can you can pass dribble and shoot I think that Obviously, like it's roses, Rose, But I think, I think he could, like my personal opinion, I think he could be, a, he could be a starter, Um, because, like, no disrespect to to Jordan Clarkson, I, I feel like that my brother is more of a willing passer than he he is or was, yeah. even when he was starting mm-hmm. with the Lakers. Hmm.
1: Def, definitely with the Lakers for sure. Yeah, that guy chalked on the Lakers.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so. I'll compare him more to like a, a a Jamal Murray in a sense, especially with the way the office yeah. is ran through through the post right now. I think I mean I think he can he can do that. Um now whether it's it seemed to be done is, is a different story and whether the you know, the bull, whatever the bulls from office um thinks that's that's another story too. But I think that he's been so he's been doubted his whole life, right? In my opinion. Yeah. If you know the story, like nobody thought he was gonna be one and done. My brother was like a French top twenty-five player. He committed to Carolina early, bust on the scene. So like he's he's always proving people wrong, you know, and I think that he, he's gonna continue to do that. It's it's a people forget that like like he said the other night, people want instant gratification. You, you like obviously it's a small body of work and people develop at certain rates and at different times. People forget that Cal Lowry was almost out of the league before he went before he went to Memphis, he was, a, he was at Houston. Then he went, got traded to Memphis and then he got traded to uh Toronto and then he revived his career. People also forget that like people like Tobias Harris couldn't even get off the bench in um Milwaukee. And he went and got, 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 was able to play in Orlando and got better. And then he went to the Clippers and that's when he kind of extended. So I just think that my motto is like if you put in the work then 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 the things are gonna come. And like if you don't have to be like a savant with the ball, especially in the yeah. offense that they run, right? Mm-hmm. This is what they're gonna do going forward. You don't have to be a savant with the ball like like tonight, Kendrick Kendrick Nunn is technically the point guard on their team, but he only had two assists. Jimmy I think Jimmy Butler and Bam led them in assists. So like yeah. it just depends yeah. on the the personnel around I guess that's what I'm trying to say if they continue yeah. to, to to like which it seems that they want to play through the post or like how they did in Denver I think that he he is capable of being a starter on this team because now now somebody like him makes it easier for uh, Vuce to get shots
1: I certainly understand that like I understand that point of view I guess where I'm where I'm coming from is like can you start Kobe, Levine, and Vooch from a defensive standpoint, like right now at least, let's say. Like maybe that looks maybe that looks different in a couple more years when Kobe grows into his body and those sorts of things and he gets better on that end. Oh yeah, for sure, for
0: sure, for sure. Like that's a like that's a uh by the numbers, right? By the numbers and obviously sometimes the I test it's a that's a rough uh three man lineup to play on defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um if you did that then I think you have to do something like Portland did where they go, where your three and your four are just like three and D guys in a sense or like guys that can defend like a like a Tory Craig or a Mo Harkins mm-hmm. or somebody like that.
1: Yeah, and that, that's definitely true. And look, I take your point that it definitely is about personnel. And I guess, again, coming back to what I sort of said earlier, like I look at this from a bull's prism and that's pretty much the only way I look at it. And if I do extend it to a specific player view, like I look at it through the lenses of Zach Levine, who is, you know, he's the all-star on the team. Like he's the best player on the team. Let's do what makes best sense for someone like Zach. So like that's how I look about look look at things but I certainly take your point and agree with you like depending on the personnel then yeah Kobe can be a starter in this league like if he I guess the the issue with the Bulls is that they don't necessarily have that number one lead creator type thing that they, they don't have a Jokic they don't have a Doncic or someone like that or a LeBron where you know if Kobe was playing next to those sorts of guys then most definitely someone like Kobe could be a starter in this league but for this specific Bulls team I guess is where I just I, I, I have been flowing on it, I guess, is my point.
0: I mean, yeah, like like we all have a different opinion, right? But yeah, yeah, if you're coming down and they run the zipper action to get Vooch the ball on the post, I yeah. think it's more so of we talk about lead creator and being able to get people shots. So that's 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 it. But if you analyze and look at the way they've been playing, even with Vooch was here, you're coming down and you're throwing a ball on the post and you're playing out of that. You necessarily, don't need somebody that's a savant with the ball, like a Luka or a LeBron. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's that's my point, right? That's my point. Yeah, Even yeah, yeah. the way that they were trying to play with Wendell, like you didn't necessarily need somebody that was a savant. Need somebody that, well, he struggled with earlier in the, in the year as well, was organizing and making sure that everybody was in the right spots before you before you try to, you know, you you try to play offense. And I think he's gotten better at that as well, even when he was coming off the bench. Think he's gotten better at, at organizing it and taking time and, and valuing every possession. Whereas before, it, it he may have come off and you know sometimes his mindset is I need to get a bucket because that's 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 who I was in the past. It's not who you're going to be. You know you can do that, but you also got to try to uh, do other things to affect the game in a positive manner. And my my issue my thing with that to to your argument, well, my devil's advocate. Uh, to, to your argument is that if that's how they're going to play going forward, like I said, even with Wendell, where they try to play through Wendell and Thad out of the pocket, like you don't necessarily need a, a person that's like a savant with the ball, like that's going to be, all right, I'm up. You're going to come off the ball screen and then we need you just to, 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 to dice people up. Or, you know, how LeBron gets the ball in the mid post and then he just like direct the traffic and stuff like that. But the way they play offense can work. As as long as people are unselfish, do you, in my opinion, yeah. do you think do you think Drew Holiday is a, is a savant with the
1: ball? No, and I I think that's a good example because like the, the Bucks don't really have any you know high level playmaker. Let's say like Drew is a good playmaker, Chris Middleton is a good playmaker, Giannis has sort of developed that 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 side of his game as well. But like that that that's a good counter. Like that is a team that doesn't necessarily have that a level creator. Let's say, but. I mean, they've, they've got enough of that across the court where maybe that sort of balances out and they've got it at a number of positions and they've got it at a number of levels of the court, whereas it kind of feels like the Bulls at the moment, a lot of their pay, playmaking sort of comes through that high post where, you know, in a, in a game that matters in the playoffs, let's say, who knows if they get into the plane or the playoffs this season, but like it just, to me at least, it's sort of, it does feel like it's a little top-heavy, like they need a little bit more guard play and I guess that's like... Like I said, I'm a bit of a critic of Kobe at times, but at the same time, like if I'm being rational, like where I think the Bulls have done Kobe hard done by and even Zach to an extent is like they haven't necessarily surrounded those guys with enough playmaking to, to help those guys. And and as we saw in this Heat game, like when the Heat was sending that, that huge hard trap to, to Kobe and they were just doubling the ball at, at Kobe, like... Who is Kobe going to give the ball to to necessarily create the play? Like, it's hard to get the ball to Vooch at that point to make that play. So, like, you kind of need that secondary or third creator type thing on the perimeter, preferably, at least in my point of view. But I, I take what you're saying, but I, I still do think they need that, and I'm hoping Kobe can develop into that. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um I think he kind of hit it, hit it on the head in his post-game interview the other night where we obviously, like it's not even just our generation anymore. I think this is the world. And like you said, the fan, like for y'all as a fan base, um, wanting to, to see, to get back to the nineties and the early two thousands, where you had Michael Jordan and the D Rose teams. Um, so I understand the frustration there. And I think like, even like my brother hates losing. Like, so it's not like he just like out there, just, you know what I'm saying? Like he yeah, hates, yeah, losing. Yeah, he sure. hates every time, they lose. He he takes losing hard, just like y'all do as fans. So I think that, like I, I go, I just go back to like where we talk about developing and how far he's came from last year. You y'all, you couldn't have told me that, that if if he played a game, he would have got ten assists last year. You never, you you, you don't. I don't think no fan would have said he he's capable of getting ten assists in the game or uh, yeah. impacting the game and having sixteen points and ten, you know, double assists and double double digit points.
1: Yeah, for sure, and like and even in the, over the last five or six games, like his playmaking has been better than I expected. To be honest with you, like his turnovers have been down. Like they're up tonight, let's say. You know, you're gonna have a bad game every now and then, but even over the last five to six games, his playmaking has been better than what I thought. But I, I certainly take your point that I would have, I wouldn't have expected him to have games where he had 10, 11 assists or whatever it might have been because you know his his role was super different last year. I didn't necessarily think he had that in him. But um, I, I guess that lends to a next question that I wanted to ask, like things like feel, things like basketball IQ and learning to become a lead creator, let's say, like the Bulls are trying to sort of tr- – we're trying to make Kobe B, let's say. Do you think you can, from a coaching standpoint, let's say, and of the spectrum of guys, so at one end you got like, say, Lou Williams, on the other end you've got someone like Chris Paul. Like If you place a player somewhere on that spectrum, like – How far can we as fans from a coaching standpoint, let's say, can we expect players to d- develop things like feel and IQ and touch and those sorts of things, or is that just something that's sort of inherent in a player where you either have it and you don't? Maybe you can improve it by five to ten percent, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. It's kind of dependent on the person. But like, how do how do you view that more generally, I and mean, how does that sort of come back to Kobe? And do you think he can sort of really improve in those areas?
0: I think first it, it has to be like a want to, right? Yeah, you have to want it. You have to want it to like because. Some people, you know, they just want to score the ball. I think with my brother, people fail to realize, like, if you go back and look at all the teams he was on, he's been the guy that, like, had to score the ball for the teams to win. It wasn't like, all right, I I don't want to pass the ball, but, like, going back to high school, like, his sophomore year, he got help His junior, but his sophomore year, I know this is kind of out of context, but. It was nobody else for him to pass the not, – not, no disrespect to the guys on his team, but if he wasn't going to get 40, they wasn't going to have a chance to win. And, it, like, I think it, it goes back to uh, to you having to want to. And I think it's not that guys don't have feel or, like, if you don't have feel or, you know, for the game or IQ for the game, I don't think you can play in the NBA – in today's NBA anyway because every player is so smart because you think about it. You're in training camp for how long? You're not even training camp for that long before you start playing your first game, and guys that have to pick up on defensive coverages and offensive plays, or you don't play. And so, like, we go you, to answer your question. I think he could be somewhere in the middle, uh, probably, yeah, more yeah, of, yeah. Uh, maybe leaning more like in the maybe. Let's say if if he's sixty sixty fifty five score of, like playmaker like nobody's net like chris paul's number five in the in the history of the nba and assists and it's also up to the staff like i think certain guys like lou will or jordan clarkson got labeled that right mm-hmm. that's they, yeah. they went to a team and they said look all we want you to do is score so also like i commend the bulls for trying
1: to not put him in a box yeah that's that's an interesting take because like I, I i certainly understand that point of view but like I kind of am disappointed in the way the Bulls have sort of handled the situation with Kobe where they've kind of sort of made it a sink or swim type proposition with him. Like it kind of felt like clearly they didn't upgrade the point guard position or they didn't add to the point guard position, let's say. Like one of the big things that I wanted to see them do in the offseason was to trade for Chris Paul because Kobe had a connection with Chris Paul. You just brought in Billy Donovan who coached Chris Paul, who ran a lot of three guard lineups where you had you could have played Chris Paul and Kobe and Zach together, and that could have helped Kobe sort of learn that role slowly, where it kind of feels like the Bulls have done the complete opposite thing where they didn't bring in any point guard help at all and they sort of just threw Kobe out there to, to sink or swim, so to speak. So, you know, even me as a critic of Kobe at times, like if I'm being rational and, and thinking about it more holistically and just focusing in on Kobe, like to me that that's kind of unfair, even. So it's it's interesting to see that you you take that sort of perspective on it, that um that you know the, the more positive slant on it. Let's say where it's good that they've maybe given him that opportunity, but from my point of view, like I kind of feel like they've sort of done hard done done hard by him because like. If, if for whatever reason he is struggling then it sort of compounds and affects the team and I I don't think it's fair let's say for Kobe the, the way they've sort of gone about it I, I'm more conservative about like how I'd like to see guys develop and be brought along but they've kind of just gone completely the opposite way I guess and just, just, just thrown him out there how, how do you feel about that more generally about the fact that you know, he hasn't necessarily had that opportunity as you sort of mentioned before, he had to go out and be a scorer at those at those previous levels throughout his career. This is kind of the his first real go at being a lead creator, let's say. Do you think it was fair or too rushed to throw Kobe into that type of role? I can I don't know
0: the honestly I just, I feel indifferent about it, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I feel indifferent, like I would rather him. I would rather them do that. I, I, if I had to have a, if I had to choose an answer, I'd rather him do that than just to say, nah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna make you a score." And it goes yeah. back to me saying, "We're gonna put you in a box." Like I think our family and Kobe are like, "All right, you gonna put me out there, and I'm gonna figure, I'm gonna figure, figure it out. I'm gonna figure out how to, how to navigate. You gonna throw me in the water without a raft? I'm gonna figure out how to, how to not sink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So I think that, like, I think that's my point of view on it. Like I would rather them do that. And then like you, you, all right, now you see what you need to work on instead of saying, we just need you to, you know, like be a scorer. I appreciate Billy because Billy in the the front office, because, you know, they, they want, they want these guys to win and, and develop at the same time. And I feel like Billy has been very upfront about what he's needed and, and, you know, you, you give praise when you give you when when praise is earned and you, you, you give criticism when criticism is earned. And I think that he's he's kinda trying to help my brother a lot. Uh mm-hmm. see see like all right, it's just not about you. Like it's not even just about you getting getting assistance by just getting a group organized, more so than 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 playmaking. If you get the group yeah, organized, everything else can kinda take care of itself. But I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how to answer that question. I kind of danced around it.
1: No, that's that's look. You you, you did answer it because I mean you've you've taken a different a different viewpoint, which is the entire point of why it made sense to get you on here and to to discuss these things in person rather than over Twitter, which isn't necessarily the best platform to have those sorts of conversations. But like, you've given me a viewpoint or a vantage point, particularly from someone who's close to Kobe, that maybe I wouldn't have considered before or thought much of myself. Whereas I'm just going to that immediate, that immediate critical point of view where I'm like, why are the Bulls doing this? Like you're kind of setting him up to fail type thing. Like that's how I feel about it. Like that's how I feel about it watching this Heat game where he was getting trapped on an island there, and I'm like, where? How is he meant to do anything on this? Like what are you expecting him to do? Like he's the lone creator out there. What 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 are you guys doing to help him out type thing? So. I don't know. Like that, that's it's an interesting perspective. It's it's and it's good to get that that different side of things, I guess. But um, look, I've kept you long enough, mate. But look, the one the last question that I wanted to ask you was around like again the the, the different way we view things. Like from from my point of view, like. I don't see Kobe as someone that gets to the line much or, or, you know, finishes strongly at the rim. But is that me just being too reactionary to, you know, focusing too immediately on, you know, what, what he's capable of right now, what he's not capable of, or is that something that can happen over time as he sort of physically matures and, you know, same thing like in terms of navigating screens and beating through or working over screens. Like, is that something that can come over time as his body matures? Because, like he's still 21 he is very still you know slight and, and small in frame and those sorts of things and and like you mentioned before like once he gets off seasons to sort of work on his game but maybe even work on his body like do you think some of those other criticisms criticisms that I have of his game like you know getting to the rim finishing at th- uh, finishing at the rim getting to the free-throw line you know navigating screens those sorts of things do you think that stuff will sort of dissipate as he sort of just grows into his body even?
0: Yeah, I think you saw some of that stuff uh, in this little five-game stretch. Uh, cause specifically, the Memphis game, I think he had seven free throws that game. This game, he had six free so He was six for six from the line, seven for seven from the line. And then he was seven for seven from the Boston line. And four of those came, uh, maybe four of those came when they were fouling. And then tonight, you saw him. I mean, you seen him showing more athleticism this year than last year, in my opinion, uh, as far as, like, being able to, you know, dunk the ball. Tonight it was a play where it was Trevor Ariza or Andre Iguodala and Kendrick Nunn and he drove mm-hmm. right and he finished through that. So I think it, and then it was a play where he was guarding somebody was guarding him a bigger defender and he got an and one against um, against Memphis. So I think yeah. you are seeing you
1: you're seeing glimpses of that now. It's just. You know, being well, even that big dunk he had, like he had a huge dunk against Bam today where he had that hesitation dribble. And like, again, that's not something we haven't necessarily seen much of Kobe like that. He's typically just, you know, in one gear, let's say it's either, you know, operating at a, at a slow pace or operating at like a crazy high pace. But like against Bam in that position, in that fourth quarter, he had a really nice hezy dribble and he sort of like went between modes of, Going really quickly, coming slowing it down, and then exploding again, and had that huge dunk. Like they're not things that we haven't seen from Kobe before, but maybe you know, as he goes on, those things will develop. But I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, like when you see stuff like that, all right, now, it shows you as a as from a coach, coaching's perspective, it shows you that uh, that okay, you can you are capable of doing it. Now we just got to get you to do it consistently. And you got to be aware of those things, and I think that. Billy is right. Billy made a comment the other day that the game has slowed down for him. I think it, you you can really tell that it has slowed down for him, and he's understanding the game a little bit more. Um, and then just on the on the uh defensive side of defeating screens, it's just obviously him focusing on that more and having more anticipation. Um, just being locked in, um, all the time on that. That part of the ball, and then just like I feel so I feel like defeating screens is a skill in the NBA, yeah, for sure. I did a when I was uh, at U- University of North Carolina Greensboro, I did a, a defensive edit for our team of Marcus Smart and mm-hmm. Terry Rozier mm-hmm. because when they were in Boston, they were really, really good at defeating screens. Um, so yeah, I yep. think that's something that could be you could even drill that right in, in, in yeah, and practice when they do practice because they don't really get to practice or in off season. Like I think that's stuff that you can get better at, Um, and I think he will get better at that. And he Yeah, sh- fair point. And he—I sh- didn't mean to cut you off—but he showed he can do it a couple times. So like, it wasn't just like he just hits the screen every time. It's just about being consistently doing doing those type of things on a more of a consistent basis.
1: And He was doing it well against Colin Sexton the other night. Like he was battling over those screens pretty well the other night. Like it's just about consistency at that point. At this point, like, like can he do it? routinely every game type thing. So yeah, again, I I I take your I take your point. Um we'll see how it all sort of transpires. It it obviously hasn't been an easy season for these players and in particularly younger players given the fact that this team these teams are barely practicing. There hasn't really been an off-season to sort of work as a team under the coaches of this team. Obviously a new coaching regime has sort of come through as well. So I uh, yeah, you you're definitely right. Like someone like me loses that perspective at times, but um yeah, it's it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how Kobe develops, and you know if that happens in Chicago or whatever his career will be. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like I sort of said, that it kind of feels to me, at least, like there's a a battle of ideals. Sort of, do we do we keep developing developing these young guys, or do we win now? Can we do both? Like, that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But as I've sort of told you, like, um, in privately, in private, at least, like if. I want Kobe to be good because if Kobe's good, then that's a good thing for the Chicago Bulls. And I'm more than happy to be wrong about my critiques about Kobe. If he comes out and proves me wrong and, you know, makes the Bulls good. Like that's ultimately what I want to see as a fan. Like I want to see a good Bulls team, as I sort of mentioned from the top, like we've had a lot of lean, bad years here. So if Kobe can be part of that and can sort of help, I guess, make this team better and in turn he gets better then you know, ultimately like a critic like me, we'll be happy to see that happen sort of thing so even though I'm critical maybe at times now um, I most certainly hope that uh he can sort of work it out and he can develop into the player that you know you think he can be and I th- you know the player that I think he can be I think he can be a serviceable and good player in this NBA, in this in this league but you know if he can uh, exceed my expectations that then it's only good for me as well but uh look well I appreciate you coming on mate and spending some time helping me talk about Kobe like I said like this season for Chicago has been it's been difficult as a fan, let's say. Um I'm sure it's been difficult for someone like Kobe as well, but um I'm hoping, you know, over the next sort of 10 to 12 games as we sort of close out the season that we can see Kobe building on what he's been doing the last five or six games. So um appreciate you coming on and sharing some Insight about Kobe, his game, who he is as a person, all that sort of stuff. I, I really appreciate it, mate. But um, before I let you get away, if you want to tell people where they can follow you online, where they can sort of catch up with, you know, anything that you're putting out there or anything like with, that Kobe's doing, like you know, obviously feel free to uh, t- to put those plugs in now if you like.
0: Um, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at WRW underscore um, 11. My brother also has uh, links on his Instagram where you can donate uh, money for women's women's rights um, and, te- and technology specifically. And um, he also did things, some stuff with uh, cancer. Um, yeah, you can find that link under the picture with the breast cancer uh, hoodie that he wore a couple of games ago. And if you guys w- would like to uh,
1: donate money to their foundation as well. Yeah, for sure, man. That, like, the, I'm, I'm glad we could end on that note. To be honest with you, like, that is uh, more than worthy causes to obviously to have people to donate to, and the fact that Kobe's sort of repping that that is is, is cool as well. Um, so, Bulls HQ listeners, go do that. Uh, Will, mate, I appreciate you for coming on, and um, and it was good to have this conversation in person rather than uh, via DMs and Twitter for a change. Uh, it was it was nice to have an actual conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me again, Mark. No, I appreciate it, mate. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Uh, Bulls fans, hopefully you enjoyed this episode with Will. Whilst you're out there following Kobe, doing all that stuff, following Will. If you want to hit me up on Twitter as well, at MK Hoops, If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter too, at Bulls HQ Pod. If you want to be part of the Bulls HQ Discord, shoot me a DM on Twitter and I will drop you an invite. Um, But that just about does it for this episode of the podcast. Again, thank you for Wilter coming on. Like This was really fun chat for me to to get someone to give me a different view of Kobe, let's say. And um, it was fun for me. So hopefully for you as a listener, you enjoyed this episode of the show. As I mentioned from the top, I'm back now. My throat is feeling a little better than what it was, but um, hopefully settling into a more routine podcasting schedule, uh, at least until my son arrives. But uh, we'll see how all that plays out. For now, though, at least, um, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate your support. And Bulls HQ will be back later in the week. Speak then, Bulls fans.